Today you are on a journey. It may not feel like much, or it may feel like your entire world is shaken. Every moment of every day, every little thing creates the next step of today's journey into tomorrow's today. I'm Amy Schroyer, and I want to thank you for taking some moments out of your day today to journey with me. Where are we going, you may ask? Through fields of daisies. In today's episode, I'm bringing some audio recording of Michael Schroyer, my late husband, with parts of a talk that he gave entitled, Don't Debate, Create. When your study of God's Word causes you to destroy others, to tear them down, when it causes division, we've missed the whole point. We've absolutely missed the whole point. There are times where the debate just needs to end. And we've done it all in the name of God's Word and being right. I have received personal messages of gratitude for sharing his message in the Be and Become episode, and I was even thanked by a church leader who had asked his entire staff to listen to that message in order to shift a ministry dynamic within their church culture. Nothing could make me happier, and that is indeed more than what I was hoping these episodes would accomplish. I'm about to send a manuscript of Mike's into a publishing company. He spent over five years working on a small but packed book entitled Name on the Front of the Building. It's blunt and it reads like a charge. I used to tell him that it was full of much needed messages. I even said it had at least 25 tweetable quotes on the front page. And he would say to me, Amy, I don't want to put a target on the back of our family. And in the months leading up to his unexpected passing, he was doing his final edits and and felt the need to finish what he wanted to say. And he was stuck on how to bring it to completion. He would say to me, I don't know how to end it, and I don't know exactly how to begin it. Well, I would laugh and say, that's because I'm going to write the foreword and the afterword for you, silly. And while this is absolutely not how I imagined that that would take shape, here we are, five years almost, after his passing. This week, I took a few days to myself to edit and prepare the manuscript for this week's send-off. And in order to get myself back into the framework of what ministry life was like with Mike, I opened files of some of his audio messages and I prayed, asking God to help me select just the right one and don't debate, create, jumped out at me like a flashing light with what's going on in our culture with having just watched the most chaotic presidential debate in history, and with some vision and local mission that we have reawakening with Wide Open Ministries, this could not have been more perfect. So I invite you to listen with an open mind and an open heart to this message today and how we can apply these simple truths. But first... How familiar are you with the clean beauty movement? As a woman who for decades has been seeking health modalities and supports for our home, I had not taken into consideration the severity of unhealth in our cosmetic standards or the marketing trends of greenwashing that companies will do in order to appear safe, clean, natural. They'll even use the word non-toxic. I invite you to look into the missing piece that I've found by visiting amyshroyer.com forward slash clean beauty. Amy with an I. amyshroyer.com forward slash clean beauty. We no longer have to sacrifice health for beauty or beauty for health. 
amyshoyer.com slash clean beauty. Check it out today. I'd love to help you detoxify your makeup bag and make some much needed safe swaps. Okay, I know you're ready to hear from Mike. In finding this gem, not only does he talk about debate, he recaps what he cleverly called the seven ways of creation, which actually turned into eight cultural standards that we valued with the Integrated Family Ministry and Wholeness Center that we were beginning on the 47 acres of North Carolina property. Just like in the Be and Become message, I will interject here and there to give you some context as well as some landing points that we can apply today in our environments that we currently wrestle through, both in our heated cultural climate and from inside the home. Okay, are you ready? Let's hear what Mike had to say. There are so many different denominations for people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ through his word. And the reason there are so many divisions is because there came a point where somebody said, I'm right, you're wrong, therefore you need to go away. Or it's the, um, you know, again, I'm right, you're wrong, therefore I'm going to leave and we're going to start our own thing. And got enough people to follow them that uh, a new denomination was formed. So instead of working out differences, instead of having a big picture in mind or having relationships being more important than frustrations and annoyances and even disagreements. And we've done it all in the name of God's word and being right. We're going to talk about that in a second. There's actually three things that I want to point out, three kind of big things. And uh, we're going to look at a couple different passages of scripture from, from chapter one. This is in the book of Philippians, which is in the New Testament. We're going to read this together verse by verse. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. That your love may abound. That's the first thing. In fact, there are so many scriptures that when Jesus is telling us something or somebody's saying something that God says, it starts with love. And he's saying, this is my prayer for you. Um, this isn't just what I want you to know. This is who I want you to be. This is how we want you to live your life. We could just end there, but of course, we're thick-headed and we're stubborn and God lovingly continues. That your love may abound more and more knowledge and depth of insight. Read verse 10 with me. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. We can be pure and blameless. Even with all the sins that you've committed, even with all the things you've done that have hurt yourself, that have hurt others, that have hurt God, there is a way to be blameless. So that you may be able to discern what is best. Not discern what is okay, not discern what is good, not to just discern what you want or what you think is right or how you understand it. It's to discern what is best, which means there are situations and there are times where there is not really a wrong answer, so it's not about being right or wrong, but there's something that's best. God wants this for us. God wants his best for us, but it takes two, and we have to cooperate with that. Just because something is simple, does not mean that it's easy. And Mike had a way of bringing everyone to the simplest but most difficult portions of a scripture and landing first and foremost with love. And if we're truly going to learn how to love one another in a pure and blameless manner, we have to let go of arguing and debate. We have to desire that we love a person more than we want to be right. Go ahead and go to verse 11. Read this with me. 
filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Filled with the fruit of righteousness. Again, somewhere along the line, we decided that in church, to grow, to go deeper, is to read a scripture and then have somebody talk forever about that scripture and give us all sorts of context and knowledge and this and history and all that kind of stuff. None of that is bad. None of that is wrong. But if the study of God's word doesn't help you to treat others the way Jesus did, to love the way that God loves you, to accept, to forgive, to offer grace and mercy, you're not learning. Just because something is taught doesn't mean that that's what is being learned. But it's with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. And then this is kind of one of these key things that come over. It says, to the glory and praise of God. One of the ways that you can know whether how you're living your life, you can ask who's getting the praise, who's getting the glory. Are you getting it? Is everything you do so that people will look at you and see how you know smart you are or beautiful or how talented or how this or how that or how are you the one getting the glory or do you live your life in a way so that you can say, it's because of my God. So that when people see your life, they know that there's something different. And when they ask you, it's not, what can I say? You know? We do that even in church, but to the glory of God. Okay, so a couple things that I want to point out here, because um, we're going to, um, is number one, when you realize some of the big things that God is saying, you'll see that he's saying those things over and over. It's repetitive, but it's not redundant, because the brilliance of it is throughout any circumstance you or I can face, through good times, through bad times, when you're getting along with everybody, when you're not. When there's war, literally physical war, or you're warring with somebody, or whether there's peace. God keeps saying a lot of the same thing. He has spoken it through just about every circumstance that you and I can face. You read the Bible, it was not filled with perfect people. In fact, the only one was Jesus. Everyone else that we learn through, through the Bible, they messed up. They had their issues just like you and I. Yet they were still able to, when it comes down to it, submit and trust God. And God used them. It shows how much he loves us that he continues to say, the same things, but through every circumstance that you and I can face. And so with the seven ways of creation, one of the reasons I picked and I wanted this, this passage of Scripture is because just with what we read through 9 through 11, there's some phrases that stick out that underscore bigger items. Love may abound. Connect and celebrate. You're bounding only if you're in an athletic event or you're happy. That your love may abound, that it's so big Because if your love is abounding, you're connecting and you're celebrating. So connect, celebrate. Knowledge and depth of insight. Be and become. Not just about what you know. It's who you are. Knowledge and depth of insight. And depth of insight meaning um, learning the things that God wants you to learn, not just you feeling you're smart and trying to figure out and kind of making your own rules. Um, Discern what is best. Again, don't debate, create. There's a time where the debate needs to be over, and there is a best. And the only way that you're going to know that is by saying, God, what do I do here? And God, I want to hear from you. I don't want to try to figure it out through arguments and who makes the stronger argument and this and that. I want to know, and I'm going to go to the source who knows what's best. So you're not going to debate. You're going to choose to create. And then filled with the fruit of righteousness, lifestyle redefined. You are going to get filled with something. We are all filled with something. And it's either going to be more of what the world tells you or it's going to be more of what God tells you. And being filled with the fruit of righteousness means that you who you're becoming, you're allowing God to fill you with who He is. Again, lifestyle redefined. 
So when you're reading the Bible, and it's not about debate, you'll see these things just leap out at you. And when you do, there is no debate. When God tells you to go to a neighbor who's suffering and just go and listen to him, there's not a debate there. When you see somebody in need and you say, you know what, I'm going to hop on a plane, there's no debate there. When your study of God's word causes you to destroy others, to tear them down, when it causes division, we've missed the whole point. We've absolutely missed the whole point. There are times where the debate just needs to end. The second thing I want to point out here is there are times where a scripture is a scripture, and what it says is what it says. And to debate it or to discuss it, and we all share opinions and then go drink coffee afterwards, we miss it. There are times where you know, things like show kindness to everyone means show kindness to everyone. We'll take scriptures like that, and it's the, well, but this person hurt me, or I can, you know, we, we start, we actually use other scriptures to keep us from following some scriptures. Do everything without grumbling and complaining. Well, I'm a sinner. That means I'm going to grumble and complain, so what can you do? In humility, consider others better than yourself. Well, I make much better decisions than the person next to me, so even God views me as more, you know, we wouldn't say that out loud, but we think that. Pray continually. Give thanks always. Oh, but things always don't go my way, so I'm not going to be thankful for, for bad things. We take Scripture, it's like we take half of God's Word, and it's like we negate it with the other half, and in the middle is, you know, lots of Scriptures, and we sit and we talk and we discuss and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of times it's not gonna, it doesn't help us live any more the way God wants us to, to treat others the way that He wants us to, and to live the life that He has designed for us. Again, there are times where the debate just needs to end. You know, and there are people who they become about the law. Well, there's a, there's a scripture that says don't accuse anybody without two or three witnesses. So there are, there are conflicts that happen where two people had a conversation, nobody else saw it, yet people choose sides based on what somebody told you, because I know what I saw, I know what I heard, and I'm right. And God is on my side, and they are obviously not, and, and therefore that's why we just need to part ways, and we just need to, and I need to talk bad about you, you can talk bad about me, and I'm going to use Scripture to do it. So when you live by the law, you're judged by the law. But when you choose to stop debating, and when God is saying something, you just choose to embrace it. Not that you're always going to get it, give it perfect. There's a whole new life, and there's something new that comes. So the first two things I want to point out is um, as God and who he is becomes who you are, there's things that jump out. There's things you can be riding down the hallway and see a sign and something will leap out. It doesn't even have to come straight from Scripture because God can speak to you in so many different ways. But you'll see these big picture things just jump out at you as far as who he wants you to be and how he wants you to live your life. Again, the second thing is there are times where Scripture is a Scripture. Don't debate it. If you can't live it out, then don't... Acknowledge it to God. Say, God, I can't do everything without grumbling and complaining right now. Help me. Guess what? He will. You know what? I do think I'm better than other people. You know what? He can help you. You know, um, I am carrying an offense against somebody, even though you tell me I'm not supposed to carry offenses. He can help you. Be honest about it. Don't use his word to justify it. We see what the world looks like by treating each other normal. So there are times when the debate needs to end. And sometimes it's not as difficult as we, as we think. Because even before we have it figured out, if we start following and doing those things, like being kind, not grumbling and complaining, you never know what can happen when you just start to be obedient with the big things and the little things. Don't debate, create. Imagine you want to build a boat because you want to just go off sailing. So you spend, let's say, five years 
You spend thousands of dollars building this boat. And you did it your way. You followed some instructions, but you kind of did it your way. You take it to a lake, and you stick it in the water, and within five seconds it sinks. It's now at the bottom of the lake. What will you think about your time spent building that boat? You see, that's how a lot of us are living our lives. We're doing it by our own rules. Even when it comes to God, and I'm talking mainly about people who have professed a faith in Jesus Christ, we debate Scripture. It's about what we can understand. If somebody thinks something different, they're crazy or they're this or they're that. What ends up happening, and this is the third thing I want to point out, we end up missing it. We end up wasting so many opportunities that we can really, really make a difference. Because you being on this earth, you are making an impact. What kind of impact you want to make is up to you. I want to pause for a second and reiterate Mike's three points. Number one, the most important things to God are repeated. He says the same things over and again in order that we would live them accordingly. We can look for what he repeats and it will take out the debate. Number two, there are times when a scripture is a scripture and what it says is what it says. Let's stop taking half of God's word in order to negate it with the other half. There are times when the debate just needs to end. We can choose to embrace what God is saying while asking him for help when it's hard to live. And number three, we end up missing it. We waste opportunities when we could really be making a difference. Don't debate, create. In this next section, Mike focuses on the word whatever. And the other night, I couldn't help but think about our heated political climate and all of the fighting that's even happening among Christian friends. And I just want to ask us the question, are we able to trust that God is bigger than whatever? We're going to read the first part of this, uh, of, of this next scripture passage together, just the first part. Um, and this is still in, um, in Philippians. Uh, this is, we skip now down to verse 27. So I want you to just read that first sentence with me, please, okay? Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Stop right there. Let's read that one more time, please. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, in some families, to use whatever is like a bad thing, you know, whatever. In this case, whatever happens, whatever happens. And how many of you, because we are going to be held accountable, how many of you like your chances when you're sitting before God and God's going to ask you, why did you turn your back on that person? Why did you say that? Why did you do that? Why did you harbor that unto me? How many of you really like your chances where you're going to be able to convince God that you're right. That one phrase right there, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ, the whole message of Christ, the reason why he came, what he did for you, how he sacrificed for you, how he wants you to love and lead each other. I don't know about you, I don't want to have to argue that with God. I would rather spend all that energy that you're going to spend anyway, all that money that you're going to spend anyway, all that time that you're going to spend anyway, and doing it for something that's going to last, something that's going to be built, something that's going to be there for eternity, and not just for you, but for others. See, we end up missing a lot, because what happens in church world is, well, you're not living the way that I'm living, therefore, 
Um, you're being controlled by Satan, I'm being controlled by God, therefore I'm going to point it out, but then I'm going to walk away. How in the world are some people ever going to know that there might be a better way if we're not willing to walk with them? And not even just to try to change them, but because of everything we're talking about. We're talking about connection. Do you know what the only thing that happens, that, that comes out of debate? More debate. Yeah. You know what happens when you live a life of debate? Especially when it comes to God? Just more debate. But what happens when you choose to create? When you're going to create, not destroy. Build up, not tear down. Be willing to accept, forgive, walk with somebody. Not just condemn them and send them on their way. Don't debate, create. So I'm going to start, read that first part with me, and then I'm just going to continue. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Conduct yourselves worthy of the gospel of Christ. Conduct yourselves worthy of the gospel of Christ. That stopped performing. Striving together, shared experience. Suffer for him, offering sacrifice. You see, again, we're talking about connecting. And if we never learn how to just accept each other for who we are, and if we don't learn how to keep that connection going strong, the connection will suffer and the connection will fail. Not only with your relationship with God, but your relationship with others as well. And that, to me, is a travesty. The other reason that I was so excited to have found this specific talk is that the kids and I, now almost five years after Mike's passing, have been really looking forward to reopening our lives in community to others and reigniting some purposes that Wide Open Ministries has had dormant. And this particular talk, you've heard him say a few words that maybe sound like clues, like be, become stop performing, connect, celebrate. They were thrown and sprinkled throughout this talk because at that time he was doing a series with our families based on things that we value as a community in how we grow together. One thing that Mike would always say is, how can a family grow, stay, and connect together if we're never together? And so family-oriented all ages together experiences were top on his priority. So through this series, he used a creative twist on the seven days of creation. And he said the seven ways of creation, because as, when we gathered, we called them our create gatherings because it was, you know, what is the Lord creating in you? What are you creating in this world that produces life? And so the words that you've heard throughout this message are life style redefined. We don't all worship and connect the same way. And so it's important that you find the ways to personally worship God and allow him to define you. You are not defined by your circumstances. Number two, 
connect, celebrate. Our relationships stand a better chance of staying strong if we work hard to connect and to take time to celebrate. And that's connecting and celebrating the Lord, but then in the shape of the cross, also relationally wide open, connecting and celebrating with the hearts of those around us. Number three, shared experience. How can we grow together if we don't spend time together in ways that encourage relational and spiritual growth? Number four, stop performing. God sees everything, yet we continue to live like he doesn't. We have got to stop wearing masks or being fake and simply take steps of righteousness. We may fumble through them, but if we stop performing, we can learn how to encourage one another. Way number five, offering sacrifice. God deserves our best. That is our offering. And what he desires is for us to give our best to others in a life of sacrifice. Number six, be and become. We need to give each other the freedom to be who we want to be while leading and loving and encouraging each other to become who God wants us to become. And then finally, don't debate. Create in all we do as we walk alongside others. Let's feed life and stop fueling hate. Let's take up for one another rather than taking sides. Let's believe that a person is more important than our being right. And then let's see what can happen. Okay, now Mike's going to wrap it up, and then I'll just have a few more things to say in the end. Now, um, what I'm about to say, I don't know why I'm going to say it, This isn't in the Bible. So kids, if you're listening, if you're still listening, this isn't in the Bible. This is just a just a random thought. Imagine right before God sent Jesus to the earth. Okay, let's say that he's having second thoughts and he's up there thinking, "Okay, I've had this plan to redeem them. I destroyed the earth once with the flood. I said I wasn't going to do it again. I've tried everything else. I've spoken to them. I've told them what I want them to live and and why and what what will come again, the blessings that will come. But why? So let's say he pulls, let's say his archangels, let's say he pulls like Michael and Gabriel, and let's say he pulls Solomon in, because Solomon asked for wisdom, you know, king. And so let's say he gets his group together and he goes, okay, convince me. Convince me that what I'm doing is right. Convince me that I need to send my most precious son to then die a horrific death so that these people can live not only the kind of life that I desire for them, but live eternally with me forever. Convince me. Well, Gabriel might say, well, I've, I've gone to earth and I've told people what you say and most people don't listen and those that do, they often got killed for it. So, I, I, you know, that's all I got. Michael, who's the warrior angel, by the way. Thank you. Um, you know, he could say, well, you know what? We fought wars to free people. We tried to rid the earth of people who were so, that what they were doing was so disgusting and so defiling that we had wars to try to wipe them off the earth. But what we found is the oppressed people became oppressors. The hurt people started to hurt each other. And no matter how many battles we fight to try to purge that kind of evil so that people who say that they follow you can then live in that freedom and live in that joy and live in everything that you have, they just end up turning to those gods and those people and those teachings and those beliefs. So that's all I got. And then maybe he turns to Solomon, and Solomon's like, you know what? At the end of my days, I wrote 
you know, a book that says that all life is fleeting and it's meaningless. So even having all the wealth, the, the knowledge and all the, the wisdom and, and, and wealth in the world, you know, the conclusion for me, again, I've got nothing here. So I imagine that if God was asking for people to convince him that the reality of the situation is, it, it didn't look good for, for us. So my guess is, is Sorry, I was excited. My guess is, is that God said, because they're mine. Because you're mine. And no matter how much you annoy me, and frustrate me, and anger me, and sadden me, and disappoint me, you are mine. And life without us wasn't worth it. He wanted this to continue. He wanted life to continue, knowing all the bad and the yuck and the mess and the garbage and how we treat each other and how we even treat ourselves. And so to me, when it came down to it, it was the because you're mine. That's why. And so for you and me, that's all we need. As long as we're going to debate, we're just going to be, we're going to be at odds with one another. But if you choose to put the debate aside, even if you're right, and say, what how, we're going to create here. What do we need to do to create? And for the sole reason, because you belong to each other. Because you can say about a person in your life, whether it be family, friend, and we define family as anyone you share life with. we got families, we've got people, you know, it's, it doesn't matter where you are, like what's happened in your past, where you are right now. And maybe, just maybe, if we stop debating, and really, really start creating and embrace what that means. But the sole purpose is because, you know, God put you in my life right now. You're mine. Again, I don't own you, but there's a reason for that. That's all the reason we need. That's all God needed in order to do what he did for us. And he is screaming from the mountaintops. He's whispering in your, in your, in your heart and in your ears that that's what he wants us to do for each other. So sometimes to keep that connection going, even when you're right, you need to just stop debating. Choose to create instead. And while that means that there are times you're not going to get what you want, and that people are still going to frustrate you, and they're still going to anger you, and upset you, and all that kind of stuff, um, you never know what can come out of keeping a relationship going. Again, uh, keeping together intact. By choosing to invest in somebody, not just condemn them. Because otherwise, you're going to be right, and you're going to have nothing to show for it. And that's how a lot of Christians believe don't debate, create. Wow. Because God says, Beloved, you are mine. You and I can learn to do the same. So I want to encourage you to not leave these words sitting here today, but go out and do something with them. Find someone that you normally have a hard time with and produce life. Feed life over strife. Maybe it's somebody on social media. Maybe it's someone in your town or in your city or a coworker. But find that person or those people. Stretch yourself to be the life breather. You won't regret it. And I think our world would be a lot different if we all treated each other in that manner. I'm going to continue to introduce more of Mike to you because as his book launch gets closer, it's really important to me that you understand his heart for people, for the family, and his love for the church. I'm super easy to find. 
amyshroyer.com. That's Amy with an I, amyshroyer.com. And don't forget, amyshroyer.com slash clean beauty is where you can go for you or your wife to detoxify your skincare or her cosmetics. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Amy Schroyer or on Facebook at Beautiful Freedom Journey. I hope that you'll go out today and make radical joy your mission and know, really know that you are loved.